Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. We are ex-Mormon Christians United, unveilingmormonism.com. My name is Lynn Wilder. And I'm Michael Wilder, and we got another great guest today. It was just, The first podcast with her was just wonderful. So if you yeah. haven't seen it, you need to go back and watch it. Mackenzie is just burning it up here. Uh, we have to be careful the way we use burn, but but we know what we mean. So it's exciting. And she's just going to continue to tell us her experience of working with Mormons. It's just wonderful. Yeah, let's recap a little. Mackenzie is young and enthusiastic and full of Jesus. And a few years ago, God brought some missionaries to her door. And for three years, she kept Mormon missionaries coming back. She was in the Bible with them. She had several wonderful opportunities to witness to them, to play games with them, uh, to just give them lots of love. And at the end of the last episode, I was asking Mackenzie um, what advice she would have to other Christians who are willing to kind of open their doors to Mormon missionaries. Mm. Welcome back. You know, I think one of the biggest things I wish someone would have told me whenever I was meeting with Mormon missionaries is that it's okay if you don't know the answer. And it's okay if you don't know how to respond. It's okay if you don't have the Bible verse memorized that proves the Bible is true versus what they're saying. It is okay for you to take a beat and say, you know, that's a great question. I'm going to write that down next week when you come back. Let's talk about it next time, right? Mm -hmm. Or it's okay to Google it. It's okay to do some research. I have some really, I use some really awesome resources whenever I was doing this and like the Unveiling Grace podcast and um, gotquestions.org is a good one. But I think I wish somebody would have told me that it's okay if you don't know the answer. Don't pretend to know the answer. <laughs> um, well, and, always, right. and that's right. good because it goes both ways and that right. allows you to ask them questions that they may not have the answer to, which is okay. And then you give them time to go research that and read what Jesus said about it and, right. and come back and see what their insights are, right? That's how we mutually respect other people and have conversations about faith. Right. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Well, God did the most amazing thing in Mackenzie's life. First, he lays Mormons on her heart. She gets to know them. She gets to love them. Then he hires her <laughs> as the preschool director in this church that's right next to an LDS church and right across the parking lot now from a Mormon temple that is being built at the church, Grace Point Church, where Mackenzie now is in, um, in Arkansas. Okay, so because this is happening with this church, they have Mike and Lynn Wilder come and speak. And I actually think you pass, your pastor had to speak something like six times in two days. I thank God for that. Yes. Because it does take a while to talk about these things, to understand the LDS culture, the LDS people, to know what's offensive to them, and um, to understand how, how they see some Bible verses and things. Well, the very first time we spoke on Sunday morning, in the middle of the front row, someone brought an LDS woman and 
we talked to her afterwards, Mackenzie talked to her afterwards, and she was pretty hysterical after having heard our testimonies that, wait, Mormonism might not be commensurate with biblical faith, and then trying to figure all that out. So tell us your role in this, Mackenzie. Um, I think early on in me getting hired at Grace Point, my coworkers found out that I'm kind of a Bible nerd. And I talk a lot about Mormonism because I find it fascinating, obviously sad, um, but I could talk about Mormonism for hours. And so when I was told we were going to get to invite you guys to our church for this, I was thrilled. I just want you to know that I was so excited to get to meet you. And we wanted it to be something that our whole church was doing. And so my specific role at church is preschool director. And so I care for kiddos from zero to five. Um, but I also get to write a lot of content for the older kiddos. And so we put together some flashcards. I don't remember if you know oh, yeah. um, that, but we put together some flashcards or I wrote some flashcards that have some big differences between Mormonism and Christianity to talk through with families. And so I was really doing that while you guys were on stage and I was with my preschoolers. And right after church, Mike, who walks down my hallway when he leaves the stage, um, when he usually comes down that hallway, he came and found me. He was like, Mackenzie, I need you to come talk to this person. He really wasn't that romantic, but that's how I remember it. <laughs> yeah. it always cool, common collective, right? And so um, I walked out there and I, I realized that Janet, whom we're talking about, was speaking with you. And she was, like you said, a little bit hysterical. She was very emotional. She had lots of questions. And I remember walking towards her and going, okay, God, you got to give me the words to say, because it really is only him who speaks when we get to speak to anybody who doesn't have a relationship with him, not just Mormons, but anybody who doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus, when we get to minister to them, that's the Holy Spirit taking control and talking, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I got to um, have a really sweet one-on-one -on -one conversation with her uh, for a while through her tears and just got to listen. I think that first conversation, I, I knew that she just needed to be heard. She needed to verbally process everything that she had just listened to you guys talk about and things that she grew up knowing and even in that moment still knew. Um, but through our conversation, I realized that she she had been questioning whether she wanted to continue in the Mormon church or find a new church because um, her daughter and son-in-law attend our church. Um, and so she was wrestling between this Mormonism and Christianity, if they're the same, if they're not the same. And um, before you guys came for the conference, like she had already met Mike, apparently, and he had told her, he was like, well, Janet, you got to choose. And she had that going in her brain the whole time she was attending the conference where we were lucky enough to have you guys join us. And again, for our first conversation, I just listened and there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of confusion, a lot of emotional manipulation and just some fear. Like there's just a lot of fear in a, somebody who is choosing whether or not they're going to step away from something, the only thing they've ever known into something that's familiar in a way, but also so different, right? Like, that's just frightening if you don't have somebody to walk with you, right? And so confusing because they're using the same language, but your brain is thinking something else because in Mormonism, grace is an enabling power God gives you so you can live the commandments. That's not a free gift that the Christians are talking about. So everything is so confusing, takes a while to sort through, but relationally, there's all this fear because sometimes they can lose relationships with other LDS family members, etc. And so it's somewhat normal for people to be hysterical in those early stages. You 
would have been, you would have thought I was the craziest woman you ever met. And I was there for a long time until I got stable. So when Christians try to walk with Mormons who are going through this transition, they just, they'll say to me, I don't understand. Like you give your life to Jesus. That's it. Everything changes. You turn in a new direction. What they don't understand is all these things they've been taught in Mormonism are similar, but not the same and often opposite. And they have to, in their brains, sort through. Is there pre-existence? Is there not a pre-existence? Do we need priesthood? Do we not need priesthood? Do we have to have temples? What does it mean to be saved by grace without all uh, the laws and ordinances, the Mormon church. Why not baptism? Jesus got baptized. I mean, there's just so much logically to sort through. And the only way to do that is to be in the Bible. Right. You know, a lot of times with uh, Christians, uh, I always have to tell Christians, it says the, the transition from Mormonism to Christianity is huge. I mean, you're just not going to do it in two days. You know, it's, it's, it's going to take years to really get things cleared out of your head. And I tell people, I says, it's not like you're going from a Baptist to a Methodist or a Methodist to a Presbyterian or whatever. That's, that's, that's simple. That because you, the gospel's the same. But right. when you come out of Mormonism, everything, as Lynn was saying, you've been taught is different in Christianity or is not at all. You know, I mean, you don't need Joseph Smith. You don't need the Book of Mormon. You do not need Doctrine and Covenants and all the old Mormon prophets that had all these statements and sayings, what you had to do to be saved, to live in the presence of Heavenly Father. That's all gone. And it takes a while to get that out of your head. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I always like to tell people, you know, especially Mormons coming out, it says, look, you know, when they come out of Mormonism, a lot of times they just go to atheists. You know, you, you, hey. You fooled me once with Jesus. You're not going to fool me again, okay? And I always tell, like to tell people, it says, you know, there is salvation outside of the Mormon church, but there's not salvation outside of Jesus Christ. And once you understand and find the real Jesus, and yes, Mormonism does have a different Jesus, but once you find the real biblical Jesus, then your life can change once you surrender and to that real Jesus not a fake Jesus. And then hope and healing begins. So so tell us um, what kind of conversations you had with her, how often you needed to communicate with her in the beginning. Tell us a little bit about that process so other Christians have hope that this can be done. The Holy Spirit is literally doing this every day. Right, absolutely. I think it's important to like recognize that kind of what I was I guess it's important to realize that when having conversations with anybody about Jesus, it's important, right? Because there are people who are walking throughout their life completely lost and they think they're on the right track, right? And Mormons specifically, they think they're on the only right track and they couldn't be more lost, right? Like they couldn't be more lost than they are, but they they just don't know unless someone tells them. And so getting the opportunity to speak with Janet was is still an honor and is so, so sweet. Our next couple conversations were um, during the com- during the conference or in between the sessions, and um, just getting to kind of go through and I, again continue to listen to what she was saying because it was just so fresh and so raw at that time. 
um, there wasn't really anything other than encouragement that I could say to her because she was still so like quickly um, processing what she was thinking and going through. Um, but we met every day of the conference and then every week since then, and we're still meeting every week since then through the Bible together. We actually meet today at four, which is so okay. fun with our friend, Christina, who was also at your conference, um, who she and her husband have a huge heart for um, the LDS people as well. And they yeah. invite them into their home. We've had awesome conversations, learned a ton from her as well. Um, Cause it takes a village, right? Um, yeah. So I think one of the biggest things that I got to talk through with Janet and some other people, some other LDS missionaries of reasons why it's so hard for them to step away because I've asked missionaries, I've said, you know, what's, what's, what are you afraid of? Like if, let's say, let's just say, for example, if you decide that Mormonism is not true and Christianity is, what would happen? What would that mean for you personally? And the amount of times they'd come back and say they would lose loved ones, lose family members, or not ever see their family members who had passed away again, because something in the Mormon faith is you're promised an eternal family. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Right? Yes. And so when people have, or Mormons have family members who've already passed away, they're promised that one day, if they continue in their Mormon faith and following all of the rules and all of the things, that they'll get to see those specific family members again, right? And then I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you're, you know more than me, um, get to be in that family again in the next life um, with those same people. Is that correct? Yeah, as long as they keep a temple recommend, attend that temple right across from your parking right. lot and, and endure in good works till the end of life, then Jesus' grace might kick in and yeah. save them. And if they're temple worthy, mm -hmm. right, then they can live with their um then they can live with their families in the celestial kingdom. And with Heavenly Father, yes. Right, so they're so afraid to lose that connection that's already been lost on earth, but there's hope to see them again. So their hope is seeing their family members again and not seeing God again, which is already hard to swallow. But that's something I've experienced with other Mormons, but specifically with Janet too. That was a conversation that we had multiple times because um, Janet's um, has some family who's already passed away and that we're a part of the Mormon church. And so just getting to listen and encourage and not correct with theological or doctrinal truth in that moment because it wasn't the time because of the emotion level and um, just everything that she was processing. Um, but just getting to hear that that is something that the Mormon church uses, in my opinion, to emotionally manipulate a lot of their members of this eternal family thought process, you know? Yeah. It's, and, it's usually referred to as like a, a stronghold, as Lynn would always say, that it, it's a tool that Satan uses to bring guilt or fear, you know, or you've got to do this or you'll never, ever, ever see your mother again or your father again. You'll be outside the family. And right. that's, that's, that is not the gospel of Jesus Christ that, you know, the, to, to, to bring fear into it. I always, I always tell people, that, you know, if, I, if I'm talking with a, a Latter-day Saint person that says, well, do you have people in your family that never were Mormons? Uh, and they said, well, yeah, you think they join? They would join in the hereafter? Said, Probably not, according to what history I knew about them. But did they claim to be Christian? Oh, yes. Well, you know, in Christianity, we get to be all together. You know, mm -hmm. Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, whatever, as long as you believe, you know, no religion at all, but you're a strong believer of Jesus, mm -hmm. you get to be at the great feast with Jesus. And to celebrate together. 
and all the family comes together. There's not one family here or one family here that's the eternal thing. It's a whole family. And right. it's not tied to being involved in one particular church. And that's the beauty of pure also, Christianity. I think, exactly. I think we'll also be so focused on God when we're in heaven. I don't I don't think we'll be distracted by if we know anyone in heaven. I think that's a fun question that a lot of kids ask at church. Like, ooh, will I know Abraham Lincoln in heaven? Or will I know this person? You're like, maybe, I don't know. But I think you're going to be focused on God because the purpose of heaven is to be there and fall on your face and worship of him. Um, and so I think that's something that is also a little bit different about LDS heaven versus Bible heaven. Um, so I actually think that is one of the major things that people leaving Mormonism struggle with, the whole family's forever thing. And they are they always come to me in tears worried about, did my grandfather who was LDS go to hell, right? right. And then they just can't get that out of their head. Why? Because the God they knew in Mormonism was so small, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. He wasn't loving. This love wasn't unconditional. And so they're, they're thinking still with a Mormon mindset. And often I'll find until they've been in the Bible for a while, until they know Jesus for a while, he shows up for them. He answers prayers for them. He freaks them out for a while. Then they go, oh, this guy's able this guy's got this. This guy can keep his word together from the, this guy loves me. This guy, there are no coincidences. He actually like cares about my life. But it took me so long to get there because that wasn't my mindset for God starting out coming from Mormonism, right? So there's so much fear attached to a God that requires works, but this God that has this unconditional love who saves you by his grace when you're still a sinner, that's a whole different paradigm. And it takes a while to make that shift. Right. I think that's something that Janet and I have talked a lot about, actually, because she talks about how the God she knew as a kid was scary and was mean and was um, just punished people. Punitive, right? yeah. Right, that's the God that she remembers. And so she's slowly, slowly learning about this gracious God, right? And I think like that, y'all, that's the thing that separates Christianity from every other religion. Christianity is the only religion where our God reaches down to us because every other religion requires you to do something to work your way to heaven, like Muslim and, and Buddhism and all of these, and, and Mormonism, obviously, they all require some kind of effort on our part to maybe get there. But biblical Christianity is the only one where God's like, you can't do it on your own, so I'm gonna do it for you, <laughs> right? And that's the God that we worship. So it's been really, really sweet to walk through those things with Janet. Um, we did a devotional together, the three of us, Janet, Christina, and I, um, that we actually put together for the kids here at church around Christmas time, um, because something Janet has said multiple times after she read um, your guys' book and has listened to every one of your podcasts, um, that she needs to see the Bible from the eyes of a child. And so um, she asked if she could do the kids devotional that we put together for Christmas. And we just finished that. And it's been really interesting for both Christina and I to witness the, like we call them in our Bible study, Mormon reflexes that Janet has. So we'll ask questions. And sometimes she'll say something that she knew as a child. And we're like, okay, well, that's actually the Mormon answer. Let's talk about the Christian answer. Like a couple of weeks ago, I was asking, we were talking about Lucifer and Jesus. Mm 
And I was like, okay, so who's Lucifer? And she was like, oh, Jesus's brother. And we were like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. Actually, wait. That's not true. Right. That's Jesus not true. And, and Saint are not brothers. No. And so Born that's why. Of a heavenly father and a heavenly mother. I know. Oh, and goodness. spirit children. And then you are also Jesus's oh. brother. Did you know? And oh, I'm, 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 I'm just wild. See? It takes a long time to get this out of it your head. So. <laughs> and that's one of the sweet things too, that we are getting to encourage Janet in. Cause honestly, like in the most fun way, she's in a hurry to know the truth, which is mm-hmm. so sweet and so special because this sweet lady, she wants to know the God of the Bible. And we, Christina and I get to encourage her to slow down, take it by time. We definitely use you guys as an example. I remember um, during one of your talks, you said that it took years to really get all of those Mormon reflexes out of your brain and retrain those muscles to biblical truth. And so trying to help Janet continue to grow, but also trying to take some pressure off of her of not having to do it so quickly. Um, But we're starting a new book today. We're going over 30 days to understanding the Bible together, um, which is so sweet. And a couple of weeks ago, she actually got baptized into a Christian church, which is so special. And she was so excited about it. I got to be a part of it. That was the first time I ever got to be a part of a baptism and I was honored. Um, But it's just been really sweet to see the Lord work in her because something that I think stands out the most about Janet's story and this part of the story that she shared with me that she said, it's okay if I share on um, this podcast is that when she came to the Unveiling Grace conference, she knew that it was about Mormonism. She knew that she had grown up Mormon and she was in this conflict of, do I stay? Do I go? What do I do? Mike had said, Janet, you got to choose. You have to pick one because they're not the same, right? And I don't know exactly what he said, so don't quote me on that, but that's how Janet explained it to me. Um, and that's Mike, your pastor, not Mike, my husband. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, Mike, the pastor of the Church I work for. Awesome. Yeah, I would say, you've got to choose now or it's over. This is it. You have one second to decide and it's right. over. And he did not say it like that at all, but he said he, you know. need to you know, go through and decide and pray over it. Um, because you can't have one foot in both doors, right? And so she, that weekend or that week that you guys were here, she had a dream, which is so special that she was walking across the parking lot from our church over to the Mormon temple because in her brain, she had chosen to go back to what was comfortable, what was familiar, what felt safe, what felt emotionally stable, right? With her family and all of the things. And as she was walking across the parking lot in her dream, she said it was either Jesus, an angel or somebody shiny stood in her way and said, Janet, turn around. That is not what I have for you. You need to turn around. And she woke up and she's been coming to our church ever since. And she's actually been going to two different churches because she just can't get enough of the Bible. She goes to church on Saturday night and Sunday morning and is just like, and then our Bible study on Tuesdays. And she's already evangelizing to people in her workplace, which is so fun. She says she can like point out Mormons from a, a mile away and she goes to find them at work. And she's like, hey, I just got a new Bible and uses that to tell the um, other people about Jesus. And I'm just so encouraged by her. Oh, I love that. Well, no, there's almost like a spirit of Mormonism that when you're kind of familiar with Mormonism, you can get a sense of who might be LDS, who kind of dresses in a certain way, uses certain phrases and stuff. And often when we speak out West, I tell Mike, even before we speak, I can pick people out of the audience that are likely to be LDS and I'll speak directly to them, you know, and just pray that the Holy Spirit will, will, those words will just go directly to their heart. And one thing I've noticed about Janet's 
texts is they were kind of um, emotionally distraught in the beginning and and there's been this great calm, I think, that's come out and a positivity that has come into our life. So that so that there's this this change that you can see, right? Yes, absolutely. I think something that was interesting was so and so fun was you kind of talked a lot about that people in the LDS church have they believe the Bible is true as long as it's translated correctly, but ultimately they don't trust it right? Like if you get down to it, they don't trust it because they believe that it was distorted and edited through the great apostasy and people were tearing out pages and all the things, right? And so she had a Bible, even though she was Mormon, but in a King James Bible, and she wanted a new one so bad and she got one, but she had a fear of opening it for a while, Mm. right? And so she had it on her nightstand and she would see it and she just didn't have the confidence yet, right? Like I think there's there's just something so special about finding confidence in your ability to read the Bible and know what it means. But um, she had this Bible and she finally opened it and she'd bring it to Bible study. And then she was like, I brought her another Bible to look at and just a random one off the shelf in my office. And she happened to open it to the New Testament because we're still learning where things are. And all the letters were in red. And she was like, whoa, (laughs) why are the letters in red? And I said, oh, Janet, that's when Jesus speaks. And she lost it in tears. We had never known that we had access to direct quotes from Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Mm -hmm. And she just started flipping through the gospels and was like seeing all the red letters. And she was just in tears. She's like, I didn't know that I was loved enough to have access to this. Like she, she couldn't fathom it. She was like, I cannot believe that the words of Jesus were written down so that I can read them whenever I want. And like that week, we ordered her a red letter Bible on Amazon and she got her name put on it. And she's been telling everyone, I got a new Bible with my name on it. And that's what she uses to share Jesus at work, which is so fun. Um, But it was, it's so sweet to listen to Janet read the Bible during our Bible studies. Um, We read Genesis one and she was just in tears. She's like, I did not know that God created the world and made it good and ready. Cause we talked about how the first Five days of creation, God got the world ready for his favorite creation on day six, right? Like he made sure they had everything they needed because humans were made on day six and they're his favorite. And she was like, I never knew a loving God. I knew a just God. I knew a angry God. I knew a disciplinary God, but I didn't know a God that would prepare the way for me. Amen. And yet now she does grace. And peace to Janet. I pray someday she'll come on and tell us her heart. Mackenzie, thank you so much. I know that you've encouraged Christians. Um, Mormons are finding Jesus. Please just open your mouth and put your arm around them and love them. Grace and peace to you, friends. Until next time. And may God bless.